Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Good afternoon. This is a very dramatic Friday. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This special program on this Friday before Memorial Day is brought by the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Located 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Stop in and see them. They're waiting for you. Delicious meal tonight. They'll be rocking with the Celtics. This could be a big night. Imagine that. The Celtics could be on their way to the NBA Finals against Golden State. Huge, huge game tonight. For the Celtics of the Garden, you can catch all the action at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Now, there's a lot that um, <clears throat> that I want to get to, folks. And again, we just to get you up to speed here, uh, this situation in Texas is going from bad to worse. And there, there's it's also interesting for me to watch that certain members of the media are now pivoting to try to defend the police in Texas. But I don't know how you're going to. The um, you're going to defend the, the law enforcement in Texas that, I mean, this this was just and I, I also you remember, you can visit the website to Pedro.com and, and uh, email me directly. I got a good email from Mike. Hey, Juan, as a parent, I cannot even believe the pain the parents of these children are feeling. My heart breaks for them. This being said, this kind of idiotic response from the government showing their complete incompetence Ranging from the initial attack response to this moronic press briefing should show people the government cannot protect you. And they're talking about gun control? How about them discussing their failures? I, P.S. I love the comment from them. Next time we can do better. Really? Next time? I mean, that is, is dead on the money. But this is, um, as I mentioned, I mean, this, this is, I can't believe it's, it's actually getting worse, but it is actually getting worse. Um, and they're not even denying it. Now, again, I, I know certain people go after certain elements of the media, but the New York Times reporting on this is just remarkable. The New York Times, how about the Border Patrol wanted to go in at, at 12 o'clock and that police chief stopped them? The police chief prevented the Border Patrol from stopping the gunman for almost an hour. They're the real deal, the Border Patrol. <clears throat> Texas officials trying to come under scrutiny, their response. Major delay in tactical teams breaching the school to take out the gunman took more than 20 lives. According to two officials briefed on the situation, told the New York Times, Border Patrol tactical team, which was requested to the scene by police, were ordered to delay their entry into the school as the gunman, quote, was barricaded in a classroom with students. Tactical team arrived at the scene around noon, but did not breach until an hour later. Local police were telling them to hold back. According to the Texas Department of Safety, Steve McGraw, the on-site commander at the scene thought the situation had transitioned from an active shooter situation to a barricaded shooter situation with no children at risk, which he admitted was the wrong decision in hindsight. Listen to this. I'm going to play this. While the shooter was in the room, which included two adjoined classrooms, Multiple children dialed 911, asked for help, including survivor, Mariah Cerullo. How about the little girl she put blood on herself to and played dead? Oh, who also described the shooter playing sad music while he waited in the room. She covered herself in blood, played dead to survive. During this delay in breaching the room, think of that. The children were calling 911. Please hurry, Help. Police said they were evacuating students and teachers. One parent at the scene said she was put in handcuffs after insisting police move in. Sure, another parent was tasered and another parent was pepper sprayed. You know, they were also reporting there were 19 police in the hallway. Now, again, this seems to come down to who was the commander on the scene. Huh. What? I, I just. But, you know, that's what it comes. When was was the commander on the scene, by the way? I think that's a fair question. Hmm. Pol- 
Police admit to driving right past the shooter and other failures. I want to get to that. Um, police admitted to a stunning string of failures. They drove right past the gunman. Friday news conference, deems after this. Speaking on the delay in breaching the classroom, Steve McGraw said, from the benefit of high school, um, yeah, blah, 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 no excuse for that. There were children at risk. The gunman entered the school through a back door he found propped open. 100 shots were fired in the harrowing attack. A school resource officer was not already stationed at the school. When he arrived, he inadvertently passed the shooter, who was crouched down next to a car. Oh. The back door of the school was propped open by a teacher. This is how the gunman made entry. One desperate 911 call came from a little girl in the classroom, the gunman stormed. Please send the police now. Two children called 911 pleading for help. They survived the shooting. McGraw said the on-scene commander believed this is a barricaded subject, did not think there were more children at risk. Wrong. Well, that's wrong because the kids were calling 911 from the classroom. 58 magazines were recovered. Three were on the shooter's body. Two were found in classroom 112, six in classroom 111. Five others were found on the ground, one in the rifle of the gunman. Shooter asked his sister to buy him a gun in September 2021. Last September, she refused. Gunman made several alarming posts on Instagram in a group chat of four people, made comments about buying a gun. Now, again, Texas Governor Abbott was wrong to say he posted on Facebook. That guy is useless. March 14th, he posted on Instagram 10 more days. When a user asked if he was going to shoot up a school, he said, no, stop asking dumb questions. You'll see. So that was March 14th. So much, nothing happened. McGraw was overwhelmed with reporters demanding an explanation. Um, Texas law enforcement had been under intense scrutiny for the handling of the attack. Whew. This part, though. So Border Patrol agents and ICE agents arrived at the school around 12 o'clock earlier than reported, but they were prevented from going inside. They were not allowed to enter. Nope, staying down. This is a, a police matter. Whew. Wow. Officials said Thursday the responding officers waited for backup before moving in, a move one expert called disgusting. They also revealed the gunman was not confronted by school police officers upon arriving in into the building. School resource officers had, they, they said he confronted the shooter. Not true. How? Hmm. I'll tell you that that they are, you know, folks. They, they, there's responsibility that comes with you. You want to be in charge. Border Patrol tactical team was ordered to hold back. What a bad decision that was. We're going to speak with uh, John Francis from Competition Shooting Supplies coming up. I also want to, um, let me just get that, uh, the little girl that was on uh, CNN. Folks, these kids, oh my God, they had to go through. Whew. Um, bear with me, I, I want to play this. Um Covered herself in blood. Played dead. I mean, oh, yeah, Maya Cirillo. To survive the shooting, she smears for her blood over the body. All right, I want to play this a little bit. This is describers being in the classroom, folks. Let's hear this. Survivor who saw the worst of the carnage and wanted to share her story to help other children. Now, we've been talking to the family of 11-year-old Mia Cerillo, who was wounded in the fourth grade classroom. Listen to this. Mia wants the world to know what she saw, what she lived through. But Mia is so scared of men right now because of what happened that she only feels comfortable speaking with women. She also did not want to go on camera. 
she did agree to speak with my partner, CNN producer Nora News. Nora, you were in with Mia and her mother. I want to make clear her mother was there the whole time. What did she tell you? So 11-year-old Mia Serio was in that fourth grade classroom that we've heard so much about with Ms. Garcia and Ms. Morales. She said they were watching Lilo and Stitch because it was the end of the school year. They had finished their lessons. And she said one of her teachers got an email that there was a shooter in the building and went to the door and he was right there. And they made eye contact. The shooter made eye contact with the teacher. With the teacher. And then he shot out the window in the door. Um, and then Mia says it just happened all so fast. He backed the teacher into the classroom. Um, and he made eye contact with the teacher again, looked her right in the eye, and said, Good night. And then shot her. Oh, my God. He said, Good night before he shot her. Good night. Wow. And then it happened pretty fast after that as well. He started open firing in the classroom. He hit the other teacher, a lot of Mia's friends. Um, at that point, Mia was hit by uh, fragments of the of the bullets. You could even see them yesterday. I mean, on her back, on her shoulders, the back of her head. Oh. The shooter then, she says, went into the adjoining classroom. Yeah, so he went through this, this door to the adjoining classroom, and at that point, Mia could hear screams. Um, she heard a lot more gunfire. Um, and then she said she heard music. Um, she thinks it was a gunman that, that put it on. Um, she started blasting sad music. And I asked her, like, what was that? What, what kind of music? What, what do you mean by that? And she said, she just said, it, it sounded like I want people to die music. Oh. Oh. Wow. She said she heard music. She said it sounded like I want people to die music. What did Mia do then? So she had a friend next to her um, that she was pretty sure was already dead and was laying on the ground, bleeding out. Listen to this. And she put her hands in her friend's blood um, and then smeared it, she said, all over her body. Um, she wanted to seem like, she wanted to look like she was dead. She was scared that the gun was going to come back through that adjoining door back into the classroom. Um, and she wanted to be able to play dead. She also told you that she called 911. Yeah, so after she smeared the, the blood all over her body, she and a friend went and were able to take the phone off of one of the teachers who had already been killed. And they called 911 and they were actually able to make contact with the dispatcher. And they talked to a dispatcher for a little while and, and told them what was going on inside. And Mia kept saying, telling me that she kept saying, uh, we're in trouble, we're in trouble. Like, please come, please come, we're in trouble. Oh. One of the interesting things you told me is that Mia said to you that she felt like it all lasted for three hours. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I was in there for three hours. And her mom said, well, sweetheart, I think it was closer to one hour, but I'm sure it felt that way. Can you imagine, what did Mia the police were doing during this time? Huh. They she said she thought the police just hadn't gotten there yet. That somehow they just weren't they there They were in the yet. hallway. And she said, you know, she'd been pretty stoic wow. up until this point in the interview. Um, and this was actually when she started getting emotional and started crying. She said, I heard the grown-ups later say the police were outside and that they weren't coming in. Oh, And she got emotional thinking about this and said, you know, I, why, weren't, why didn't they come in? Why didn't they save us? Why? Why? The police were outside. She just like couldn't, it was clear in her 11 old brain, I mean in my brain, why they wouldn't come in and help. What a disgrace. So again, you, you spent some time with her and her mother. She's obviously just been through the worst thing, hopefully, that she'll ever go through in her entire life. You know, how did she seem to you? How did she look to you? Honestly, not great. Um, she seems completely traumatized. Um, Physically, she's mostly okay. She has these bullet fragments all over the back of her shoulders and her back and, and the back of her head. Um, she said overnight a lot of her hair fell out um, in just kind of big clumps from where the bullet oh, fragments had hit. God. So she's bummed about that. Um, but just, just, I mean, completely traumatized. Um, and her parents are trying to uh, get her some kind of therapy help. Um, they'll probably have to drive her to San Antonio for that. And so they're uh, actually starting a GoFundMe page to pay specifically for for that, that therapy cost. Um, she said she keeps seeing the bodies on the ground. And so that therapy um, is going to be really important. So that GoFundMe is on, on the screen. I mean, she's been through so much. She saw her teacher killed before her eyes. She saw her friends killed uh, before her eyes. I, I simply can't imagine. And then one other thing you, you told me that just gives us a sense of her state of mind right now. 
you, you have an alarm on your cell phone. Your alarm went off accidentally on your cell phone while you were talking to her. What happened? I felt so bad. I mean, it, was, it just was an accident, and she just kind of, she clearly was uh, kind of triggered by that. Um, and her mom said, you know, that's been happening a lot. They, they were at a car wash yesterday and went to vacuum out the car, and she it, it completely set her off. Um, she's not sleeping right now. Um, She's, you know, the whole interview, she brought a blanket with her, and the whole interview, she just was, like, covering herself in this blanket, and it was hot. But it felt like she just was trying to keep herself covered. And just to be clear, one last time, she really wanted, oh, she wanted to what talk. A she, wanted, she didn't want to talk to a man, but she wanted to get her story out there. Why? She kept saying that she wants to try to prevent this from other so this happening to other kids that she thought that if she talked to someone if she did an interview that maybe people would realize what it was really like to be in a school shooting and that maybe something would change and other kids wouldn't get hurt and i kept saying you know you don't have to do this you don't have to do this interview like this is up you're in charge this is your decision but she kept saying no i really want to do this all right uh, Nordis, thank you for speaking with wow. us. Uh, thank you for telling us what she said. Please tell the family that we're thinking of them and we, we appreciate it. I kept saying, you know, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do this interview. Nora, this is up your yes. charge. This is your decision. But she kept saying, no, I Wow, what? A... <sighs> Boy, that is tough to listen to, folks. I am stunned on this Friday. We're going to call John Francis in a moment, but wow. What is the drill? I don't understand that. I mean, you have got to be kidding me. You know, I, I also want to, th this reporter doesn't have to keep explaining that the, the little girl wanted to talk out. Speak out is what I'm saying. They shouldn't have to. Um, they, they, I mean, this this is this is challenging. And I'll tell you what what they what they've done. Uh, let's see. Providence Police Channel Six is reporting found a ghost gun inside a Santos to Jesus SUV when he was arrested, charged possession of firearm without a license. All right. This this is really unfair to, boy, May is a bad month for police. Chauvin, because of Chauvin's actions, we all went through hell the summer of 2020 in the aftermath of George Floyd. I, 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 the, the, what I, I don't understand is, I was just reading that, that, I mean, this part is just leading the day. There were 19 law enforcement officers inside the school from the earliest minutes of the shooting. But only after more than an hour did they obtain the keys to the classroom where the gunman was located. I, I, uh, that, that is a tough one. Student calls to 911. 12.03, whispered, she's in room 112. 12.10, 911 call, multiple dead. 12.13, called again. 12.16, eight to nine students alive. 12.19, students call from room 111. 12.21, three shots heard on call. 12.36, another call. 12.43, ask for police. 12.47, ask for police. This is absolutely um, from twelve oh three to twelve forty six. Nine one one received calls from within the classroom, including repeated calls from a child whispering, "People are dead, begging, please send the police now." Whew. That's why you didn't see the, uh, that's why the chief of police, the commander, was not at that press briefing. What a disgrace. Whew. And, and they just went through 
uh, a, an active shooter drill two months ago. See, here's the thing, folks, and I want to be very clear about this, and that is that, you know, when, when these things happen, I've, I've told this story before. Um, I worked very briefly. Right now it's 127. We're going to call John Francis. But I worked very briefly during college with um, for People Express. Remember that? The No Frills airline used to be a TF Green. Uh, when they first opened, I think it was like 25 bucks. You could fly jet service from uh, Providence to Newark. And then, um, but anyhow, so I didn't work there that long. But they had cards in the office. And it said right at the top, in the event of a plane crash, and then it had point, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. In the event of a hijacking, one, two, three, like right there in order. In an emergency situation right now, if you're, you know, as you're listing, police, fire, first responders, they go through training. But my point is... To avoid, like, what is the point of all the training if then when something like this happens and this, and they have not revealed who it is, who was the commander, was he on scene, did he fully understand what was transpiring, what was going on, um... They they just went through training not long ago. Boy, the nine one one calls. They need to be released. Those poor children. How about the little girl? It felt like it was three hours. Whew. They just went through training two months ago. Texas authorities now acknowledging a devastating failure of judgment. The 11-year-old girl said she believed the attack lasted three hours before responding. It's one hour, 40 minutes. Smearing blood from her classmate and played dead. Wow. That, that Governor Abbott, I, I, you know, this, listen, and I, I fully get it that, um, you know, people are, talking about Beto O'Rourke, but where, where Abbott has really dropped the ball is he immediately, he has the wrong people in place and they immediately needed to get the FBI in here to handle the investigation. That That's where I come down. Because this, this they're clearly not up and they're clearly not into up to it, is what I meant to say. Clearly not up to the to, to not only what transpired, but the, the CYA covering their behinds that happened after that is, is really remarkable. So, folks, yesterday um, we did speak with John Francis from Competition Shooting Supplies, and I want to get his pulse now. A lot has changed in the last 24 hours that we have. Folks, joining us on the line right now is, uh, well, I'm anxious to hear your thoughts, John Francis. Boy, John Francis, yesterday since we spoke, boy, a lot has transpired, and we've learned a lot, and, and none of it, unfortunately, good for law enforcement. Uh, no, it isn't, and, but there are, you know, there are other, there's other questions that I'm starting to have as well is, I mean, so, you know, this was an 18-year-old kid. Yep. Uh, apparently, he briefly worked at some coffee shop, but got fired because of his behavior. Okay, uh, that I, I, so, I have not heard uh, that. But go ahead. How did he? So they've identified he purchased a Daniel Defense brand AR-15 rifle. Yep. How does an unemployed 18-year-old kid in this in this situation afford a two thousand dollar rifle? Well, it's along uh, with. The God knows what, I don't know, who knows what he paid for the handgun and all the ammunition he bought. What I read, and this could all change, was he, he was working at Wendy's and he was saving his money to buy. And the full total, what I read, and I could pull it up, was that the full 
total amount of rifles and ammunition cost him four thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So now he also in last September asked his sister to buy him a gun. She would not. Didn't say anything. Um, there's been some misinformation. But John Francis, just what we've learned. I mean, how about the Border Patrol agent was getting his hair cut? The wife texts him. He takes his shotgun from the barber, goes cruising in there. Border Patrol Tactical arrived at the scene before noon, but the commander on scene did not, wouldn't let them go in. So uh, they have a, obviously uh, there's a lot of explaining to do from yeah. all parties there. Yes. Uh, from what I understand, it was a single Border Patrol agent who said the hell with this. Right. And he went in and he knew exactly where to go and yep. then he took the kid out. That's right. And he was off duty. And he just like, I've had enough of this. And he even was literally getting his hair cut and took the rifle that his barber had. And that's, he's the one that took him out. But, well, but, but John Francis, again, this comes, you know, th- this whole thing has gone from bad to worse. We've also learned that the school resource officer actually ran past him. Um, he was apparently like in a crouched position or something. And so he didn't even, um, he, you know, that, that went sideways and that did not, work out and then but just all the police that were were on on the scene and they mm-hmm. seemingly they just they they just missed it they they just missed completely misjudged the situation of what was taking place because they, well because the local police department was completely untrained to deal with this type of situation yeah that seems obvious to me yeah two months i don't ag- know about anybody else out there but yeah. that that's I think that's definitely the case. Wow. Because in the amount of uh, rounds he was firing, John Francis, so he fired 100 yeah. rounds, and then the little girl was in the classroom. So he's just in there, and the door's locked, and he just starts playing what she described as like death music. I mean, he's like waiting for them to come and get him. So then they get, they had to wait to try to get the key from the janitor. Um, and then they finally went into the classroom. But I mean, any other, just you were so knowledgeable yesterday, and the more we're learning, I think at the at the very least, what we are also learning, and again, folks, we're speaking with John Francis, the competition shooting supplies, is is the importance of, uh, you know, you say, like in Rhode Island, that 7 to 10 day where the local police department gets to weigh in on, whoa, 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 this juvenile's a problem, this juvenile's this, that, look, look at how, you know, Texas, I know they don't like it, but but that gun, uh, and go frankly, ahead. you know, I mean, so even so, because of the fact that he was eighteen, they would not have been able to legally deny his uh, ability to buy the gun from the dealer. Okay, but they could have conveyed their concerns to the dealer. Yes, and frankly, I've been look. I've been in this business, <laughs> uh, you know, almost thirty years. And, um, uh, you know, if, if I get, uh, um, uh, you know, someone comes to me and tells me I shouldn't be, especially if it's a law enforcement agency, right. that, hey, it wouldn't be a good idea to sell so-and-so a gun, mm. you're going to listen to that. Yes. And so if they had heard that from that local PD, they wouldn't have sold him the gun. You know, you're right, John Francis. And I like yesterday you also said that even if you have someone 18 coming in, you know, a simple question, not confrontational, but so uh, what are you going to do with it? Right. And then see how they right. let them answer, okay. uh, you know, and if they say, well, it's you know, it's always been my dream to shoot up a school. Uh, I have a pretty good feeling that that transaction's not taking place yeah. at competition shooting supplies. That's absolutely right. And uh, I don't know if you've seen this yet, but uh, so I got an alert uh, late last night uh, from the uh, Federated uh, Sportsmen's uh, Clubs of Rhode Island. Um, So the progressive left people, the politicians, have shamefully politicized this this tragedy to further their gun ban and confiscation agenda. So they uh, they are threatening. Uh, both uh, Senate President Ruggiero and House Speaker Sicarci to uh, either you allow the uh, all all the gun bills, not just certain ones, but every single one, their entire slip package of anti-gun bills out onto the floor for a vote, or we will block the talks and passage of the budget. How? 
Huh. Well, they, so uh, you know, uh, you know, everybody listening out there, this is about as, and I'm deeply serious. Your 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 rights to own guns in this state are are in serious serious jeopardy. That's right. And the legal counsel from for the for the for the two A groups have already said that if that assault weapon assault weapons bill passes. Every gun store in the state is going to be forced to close at some point. Holy cow. Every single one of us. And John Francis, I mean, if anything, I'm getting email from people saying this whole situation is an example of why you, you, no offense, but you can't count on police and why people do need to arm themselves. Uh, You know, I mean, there is is a lot of meaningful conversation to be had about uh, this subject. Yeah. uh, School safety. Yes. Um. You know, uh, you know, no offense to the, all the folks that you know support uh, what's uh, you know our efforts and NATO's efforts with Ukraine, but we've spent billions and billions and billions, tens of billions of dollars in in military hardware and, and aid, and yet they won't spend a damn dime on school safety here in the country. You're right. You're right. There's billion, there's literally billions of dollars of COVID relief money that they can't account for. That's another what good point. What happened with that? Yes. And, and, I mean, just—I mean, just a small fraction of that could have certainly shored up uh, or helped to shore up school buildings all over this country. Mm. Well, folks, again, it's—he's so knowledgeable, and it's John Francis at Competition Shooting Supplies. John Francis, what are your hours for today, and what are your hours for tomorrow? Uh, today, uh, I'm here at six o'clock. Uh, tomorrow, we're open nine to four, and I got plenty of. Uh, Plenty of range ammo for anybody looking to hit the range this weekend. And frankly, if there's anybody out there that was on the fence about buying an AR platform rifle or you know or, or anything along those lines, don't wait because your time is growing short. Yeah, you're exactly right, John Francis. Excellent. I will talk to you next week and uh, enjoy the weekend. You too, John. Thank you. All right, folks. There it is. John Francis at Competition Shooting Supplies. Again, folks, it's John DePietro. It's 139. Um, You know, I I also want to reiterate, Rhode Island and Massachusetts are very safe states. Rhode Island and Massachusetts are very safe states. These are not changes that they want to implement under the guise of of safety to me. It's more just aggressive, um, progressive moves. That's the way I view this. So, and now the progressives threatening Speaker Sakachi and Senate President Ruggiero. Now, I also, interesting enough, uh, Speaker Sakachi announced, oh, because of COVID, can't have anybody down around the floor or they're somehow going to try to restrict access at the State House. I find that very, very suspicious. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought by the Senadale Revival Comfort Food and Cocktails, located 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. What are you doing tonight? You know, another place that's going to be rocking with the Celtics. Delicious food, drinks, great crowd, entertainment. Senadale Revival, 2025 Smith Street, North Providence, right next door. Stella Treats. You're going to love it. Stop it and see them right across from North Providence Town Hall. So I want to reiterate, uh, this is um, with the, the actions of law enforcement in Texas are now making this more difficult, I believe, for police everywhere. And they're a series of poor decisions. Um, first of all, the shooter's mother, I, this business, I know he had his reasons for doing that. You know, I also just want to quickly play, actually. I, I don't understand. There are people that go on my Facebook page. And again, it's 141. I, and they say, here's what they say. Uh, we shouldn't be discussing this right now. We, all we should be doing is thinking about the families involved. What, what good is that going to do? I don't understand that in any way. When something like, you know, when 9-11 happened, did, did, did we say, you know, let, let's not take action or do anything. We should just be thinking of the lives lost. It, you know, not only does that not even add anything to a conversation, but it, it, it's just, you know, that, that's the type of talk in 
like a dictatorship communist regime of like shutting down discussion. Um, I also want to remark that that some people that have. I can't believe that Rep Gonzalez got it wrong. They said that that kid was not arrested four years ago. Wow. Whew. Um, I don't understand that. I also want to mention that all of this concern, all all of this concern about law-abiding citizens. Now, they're right in, in Rhode Island, but a good example that someone pointed out to me is with with pool safety. You know, now right now it's 142 on this Friday, May 27th. And at some point over the next 30 to 60 days, very tragically, some children are going and I hate to even say this, but they're going to drown in a backyard pool. And or they may drown at a body of water. And and so it becomes what what do do we just for those of you that want to say people, you know, could have used a car, uh, people die all the time. That's what people like to say. Should we ban cars? People die in car accidents. You know, we've tried to they try to continually make cars more safe because of earbags. People don't go through the windshield anymore. So my question for some people, so over the next 60, 30 to 60 days, when very tragically some children, and it, you know, it's a familiar story. The young child slips out of the house, knows how to click the lock or someone leaves it unlocked. They go near the pool area, they go in or slip in, and it's the silent killer. That doesn't mean... We never stop trying to make provisions to make pools safer. Um, there's various things we do. There are just some people. Is there someone listening right now? Is that your reaction that over the next 30 days when a child drowns, you just mention, well, people die in car accidents. You know, how can you be so heartless? I don't understand like the people of it's like an oh, well, you know, people die every day. It, it doesn't have to be that way. We're constantly uh, revising things and, and trying to improve. But Jake Tapper had something. Um, he had something really interesting yesterday about should we see the graphic images from the classroom? And I just want to play this because I think this is really interesting. According to the American Academy of Pediatrics in a study released a few weeks ago. Now... The number one cause of death in the United States for kids 0 to 19 is firearms. Let me repeat that. The number one cause of death in the United States for children is firearms. This announcement by the AAP was not met with the corporate response we've seen that made cars safer or or the kind of action by lawmakers that led to seatbelt laws or speed limits or distracted driver rules. No, the study was met with a kind of national shrug. The details of the report are outrageous. The most common cause of firearm death for kids 0 to 19 is homicide. Huh. In 2019, black kids were far more likely to be killed by firearms than white kids. 10.32 per 100,000 black kids versus 0.72 per 100,000 white kids. The authors write, quote, this is strictly a U.S. problem. Among countries with high incomes, quote, 90% of all firearm deaths in those countries, 90% for children 0 to 14 happen here in the United States. It is a disgrace. You have every right to be outraged. In fact, you have an obligation. We, as a country, continue to allow people who should not be able to have access to firearms, access to weapons, designed to slaughter as many people as possible as quickly as legally possible. And as a result, predictably, today 19 kids are dead in Uvalde, Texas. 
Their family members last night were asked by law enforcement for DNA samples. Why? Because the damage, the physical havoc inflicted upon their kids' bodies, in some cases, was so severe, so devastating, law enforcement needed the DNA to identify the remains of these children. You know, there are images of these shootings that law enforcement, and and frankly, we in the news media, that we don't share with you because they're so horrific. They're so awful. But maybe we should. Maybe the shock to the system would prompt our leaders to figure out how to make sure society can stop these troubled men, and it's almost always men, from obtaining these weapons used to slaughter our children. You know, that to me would be the game changer if we were people to actually see what it looked like inside the classroom. I want to just play, this was um, from the, uh, again, folks, good afternoon. This reporter, CNN, that interviewed this little girl, I just want to play a little more from this right now. Through this, and her story is terrifying. Um, and, but, and first and foremost, there was a reason that little Mia wanted to speak with you. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, so normally I'm John Berman's producer. Normally John Berman would go and do these interviews, and he was scheduled to interview Mia, and she is so traumatized by what happened inside that classroom that she doesn't want to see men that she doesn't know. Um, she, she didn't want to speak to the cameras because she's scared that someone will find her and, and shoot her and kill her. Um, so she wanted a, a woman reporter and she wanted no cameras. Um, and so I, I interviewed her alone and I spoke to her alone. And why did she want her story? Why did she want to tell her story? We can understand she's traumatized, but she really did want to, to get her story out. And that's the amazing thing here. She's such a strong little girl. I kept saying, you know, you don't need to do this. We we don't need to do this. Um, You do not need to tell your story um, right now, at least. Let's wait and do this next week, even. Um, But she really felt strongly about telling her story because she thought it might help prevent another one of these from happening. She said she wanted to try to tell people what it was really like to live through a mass shooting. Um, 11 years old and just through the most traumatic event of her life and that's her goal. Nora, what did she see? So she was in her classroom um, here at Robb Elementary and they were watching Lilo and Stitch, the movie, because it was one of the last days of the school year. They'd finished their lessons. They were kind of having fun. Um, and her teacher got word that there was a shooter in the building. And so her teacher went out to the door to lock it and the shooter was right there. Um, and so he shot out the window in the door um, and it shattered and all the kids screamed. And then he kind of backed uh, the teacher back into the classroom, according to Mia. And Mia says from there it just happened really fast. He, he advanced on the teacher um, toward her desk and looked her in the eye and said good night and then shot and killed her. And then this continued and continued and continued. Him, him going into the adjoining yeah, room, that was not that's even when over. she heard the screaming of other children. And then she tried to play dead? And this is really hard to uh, hear. Um, and it was certainly hard to hear from an 11 year old. Um, her friend had been shot and killed next to her and was bleeding out. And she decided to put her hands on the body of her dead friend and then smear her friend's blood all over her body uh, to try to play dead. It's, it's hard to it's hard to even ask anything else after that, Nora. But she kept telling you her story. What was it about music that was playing during this? I know that she brought that up to you as well. What was that about? How did she talk about that? And that was really 
eerie is one word, I guess. She said when the gunman went into the adjoining room and he heard the screams and the gunfire, after the gunfire stopped, he started hearing music and there was loud music playing. She thought that it seemed like the shooter had put it on um, and that it was sad music blasting. Um, and I, I said to Mia, you know, can, can you describe it a little bit more? Like, what did it sound like? And Mia just kept saying, it was so sad, it was so sad. It sounded like I want to kill you music. Uh, and so at that point, Mia is... God. All right, folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. That is quite the interview. And by the way, they do show the picture of the the little girl. Um, let's see, a couple of reminders. Well, first, I want to, let's talk to our friend Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Uh, because folks, again, although people don't like it, COVID is not going anywhere. And so you want to make sure you stay healthy with you and your family and the person that will help you do that. You can pop in and see her. It's my health because she is. Folks, there she is joining us on this Friday is the queen of health. And we couldn't hit the weekend before we talked to her. It's our friend Marie at It's My Health. Good afternoon, Marie. Good afternoon, John. Boy, Happy we, Memorial Day weekend. That is exactly right. We could use some good news of what has been a difficult oh. couple of days yes. in this country. Yes. And one of the things that I want to highlight is you are dedicated to making helping people live healthy, focus on their health. There's different ways to people can approach it. And and that's what you know, it's it's all about. uh, You know, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. We we help people with all kinds of things. It's. It's a tough time. It's it a is. tough time, especially um, emotionally. It's a tough time for people. Yeah. Marie, I'm curious. I would imagine, and folks, again, you can pop it and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. Um, I'm just curious. I mean, you you also carry, you know, wonderful vitamins for children. I'm curious just some of the reaction of some of your customers that have been coming in the past few days. Well, everyone is just grief stricken to to think that these kinds of things can can happen and over and over again. It just it's it's insan it's insanity. It just mm. is. Well, folks, again, it's Marie. It's my health. So, Marie, it is Memorial Day weekend, and you can pop in there, folks, get some 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, hemp and CBD products. You know, Marie, this time of year, also people more outside. They may be a little more active in the garden or doing different things, and they may not even realize that you have some products that could maybe help them. Oh, absolutely. Sunscreen? That's, you know, one thing to consider. And then Arnica. Arnica is really good if you've a little overdone it a little bit out in the yard and you've got some muscles that are talking to you. Arnica is um, is an amazing, an amazing homeopathic remedy. And also, folks, remember great local products, icy, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. It's my health, folks, because it's your health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Uh, Marie, what are your hours for today and what are your hours tomorrow, Saturday of Memorial Day weekend? Today we're open till 530 and we are taking the weekend off. The staff deserves the three-day weekend, so we will not be open tomorrow. We will not be open tomorrow. So if you need something, come today. Um, We'll be here till 530. You take care of yourself and make sure you say hello from me to the, the luckiest man in Rhode Island. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed talking with him when I saw you guys. We did the Facebook Live. Folks, it's Marie. It's my health. 1099 Mendon Road in Cumberland. Marie, great to talk to you. Uh, enjoy the weekend. Get some rest and keep doing what you're doing. And thank you. You do as well. Thank you. All right, folks. There it is. Marie at It's My Health. 1099 Mendon Road in Cumberland. Well, it's 155. It is my understanding, folks, again, at 156. Um, I just want uh, people to know that uh, we're going to be following uh, various stories that are happening over the course of the weekend. One is that Charlotte um, Lester case, and we'll keep you up to speed on that. If you that's a missing person case, and then various other things that may happen. I encourage you to. Visit the website, petro.com and or the Facebook page. This portion of our program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Uh, delicious dining. They have the outside deck. 
And there, the uh, lounge there is going to be jamming. Full bar, large, very large dining area. If you have a big group, you know, 10 or 12 people, that's the place they'll accommodate you. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. And they'll have the uh, the Celtics heat game on there tonight. I also want to remind you, folks, if you're having a problem with your heating system, call R.E. Coogan and Heating. It's Coogie, 401 732 6562 401-732-6562. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Explore our services. Let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. For cooling, for plumbing, and or if you have a problem with your hot water tank. R.E. Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. So I think it's interesting that President Biden is... um, is set to visit that uh, Texas area, I believe, at some point over the next couple of days. The, the news out of there is um, is very, very difficult, um, and I know they're gonna they're gonna do a full investigation, and it's certainly warranted. Of you know, how did he obtain the money? I'm just reporting what you know, folks. I I go through the story in and out. Um, but they, this whole business that it's certainly, um, I, I think, here's a fair question. And I recognize that's 158. And I recognize it's a Friday and it's, we're about to go into a holiday weekend. But I believe if you're a parent, I think you have a right to ask in your local community, whether it's Lincoln or Woonsocket or Cumberland, you know, when is the last time? That the police department in your community um, did an active shooter drill. I think it's a fair question. I also want to point out to people, he went to a school, but he could have gone to a mall. He could have gone to a grocery store. He could have gone to a church. You know, you have to think, we're right now, it's 159. If you were going to try it, all right, we're a people gathered. There's definitely people at a mall. There's definitely people in a restaurant. There's definitely people in a grocery store. And then there's obviously, you know, young children in a school. I'm also very glad that that Bellingham situation worked out last night that that the little boy that we we talked about yesterday that he was found safely. Listen, I uh, we want to salute all our veterans, especially those that have made the ultimate sacrifice for their country and my own family, my Dad's brother, Bobby DiPietro, lost his life in Korea. Folks, it's John DiPietro. I want to thank you for listening. Again, uh, if you want to follow all our actions, go to the website, DiPietro.com. Another week in the books with the great Jeff Gamach. I want you to stay tuned. You're going to hear the 2 o'clock news. And then a veteran is coming up, John Dion. Listen, enjoy this Friday. We're back Tuesday. WNRI, Socket.